Well, hello. Today on Elevate Ordinary, we're talking about handiwork, working with your hands, artistic craft, manual labor, lots of other stuff like that. And our special guest is my brother, Father Peter Grodi. We'll see you here in a moment. Welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're here with another conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty in our everyday lives. Looking at those little moments, those little aspects of life that God is sending us, giving us to grow in grace and in submission and devotion to Him. Um, And today we're talking about working with your hands, handiwork, craft, uh, and lots of stuff connected to that. But before we get into it, I want to tell you a few things about how you can support our ministry. If you uh, want to download the the Awaken app, that's the best way to follow the content that Awaken Catholic puts out. And if you're a member of the Awaken Nation, uh, there's lots of exclusive content on there. The Awaken Nation is a group of people like you who are... Um, who are part of this mission, part of this mission of bringing truth through beauty. And if you go to awakencatholic.org slash donate, you can make a one-time or recurring donation. We appreciate it. It helps us a lot. Also download the Hallow app at hallow.app slash awaken. It is a Christian meditation app. A lot of us here use it. It's a really neat app. And if you get the 30-day premium trial subscription, I think I said that right, uh, it supports our ministry as well. So check that out. So today, uh, our special guest, as I mentioned earlier, is my brother, Father Peter Grodi. Peter, thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, we, we, we immediately thought of you. We were thinking about this topic for a while from a number of different angles, and, and you're, you came to mind for a number of different reasons. But before we get into that, well, because you have hands. So that was hands. one of the qualifiers. You have <laughs> and I, hands. And I work with them. And you work with them, so you know it kind of makes sense. But yep. before we get into that, though, tell, us, uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself and where, where you're at and what you're doing. Sure. Um, so I, I am currently stationed at St. Michael the Archangel Parish in Finley, Ohio. I was ordained, uh, what is it? Four, four months ago, I think four and a half months ago, something like that. Whenever June 27th was, so <laughs> right. that's when I was ordained. Before that, I was at seminary at St. Minred the Archangel, or St. Minred, uh, Benedictine Seminary in School of Theology, which is in Southern Indiana. And before that, I worked for a year in uh, Bowling Green, here in lovely Bowling Green at St. Thomas uh, More University Parish. Before that, I went to uh, Franciscan University. So, yeah. finally done with schooling for the time being, which <laughs> is you. lovely. But uh, you know, learning is a lifelong pursuit. So, yeah. well, you're doing good work down there. We've been enjoying visiting you with the kids down at uh, down in Finley, yeah. a beautiful parish down there. So, um, yeah. But in terms of this topic, you know, we, as I said, we thought of you a lot. You know, we, you work a lot with your hands. You have over the years a lot of your hobbies, a lot of your your crafts. But also, you know, in our own upbringing, you know, with doing the, the farm work with dad, we, we had a number of things like this. And so we want to just talk about that today. Again, as, I, as I've said in recent episodes, you know, this idea of elevating the ordinary, there's two, two kind of two components to that. There's looking at an aspect of our day-to-day human life that we may take for granted, that we may not fully embrace, fully appreciate. So we want to kind of pluck that out and examine it and ask, you know, what's the nature of that thing? What are, what are some of the content there? that maybe we've taken for granted. And then we want to place that back in the context of our life in Christ and kind of see how, you know, that, that thing that we might've not appreciated really can draw us closer to God. So that's kind of how our, that's our modus operandi a little bit, but Teresa, I think you had some, some uh, opening uh, bits to get us into this a bit. 
Yeah, I've been thinking a lot. A lot of our episodes um, always circle back to this idea that um, in our modern world, we're really disintegrating our body with our spirit and our um, with our mm-hmm. spirit and our mind. Sorry, yeah, they're yeah. doing sign language here and I got <laughs> distracted. <laughs> Just fixing my mic for you. Sorry. Continue. Um, you know, and so uh, we wanted to have Father Peter on and a, a story came to mind when he came back from seminary. Um, actually, his seminary closed early and he came and like hung out with us for a while um, because of COVID. Uh, and he was like, when I have a parish, I hope I can find a place where I can just chop wood. Like after a hard day's work, I can just go and unwind and chop a bunch of wood. So I wanted to start with that. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) You're right. What? Well, because it sounds, it sounds a little odd, you know, in in the modern world. I mean, as you're saying, Teresa, increasingly in our modern world, um, whether we're talking in the context of the church or just in the world in general, like we're increasingly living disembodied lives where like the things of the body don't matter, you know, whether we're talking like, they're like a lifestyle choice. Like if you're going to take care of your body or if you're going to do something with your body, that's a lifestyle choice. And some people do it and some people don't. Some people, we just sit down like myself on the couch and And like hang out. And if we could eliminate all of physical labor and physical craft and just do it all by machine and and we could just kind of live in our like wall, like the movie wall, Mm -hmm. we just kind of sit in our pods and just have life happen. Mm -hmm. We, we would, it seems like, but, but we ought or like, does the body matter? Like why, what is, is special about doing physical labor and what, I guess, starting with chopping wood, like what, what's so special about chopping wood, man? I don't know if you figured out, you tell me. <laughs> um, so, well, it, it sort of, I guess it started really in our childhood. You yeah. know, we, I don't know if you've talked in the past about how we, we grew up on a little bit of a hobby farm. If yeah. you've ever seen the show Green Acres, that's <laughs> like the that. embodiment of our life, yes, basically. basically. So we, we, we'd moved out to this little piece of farmland. Um, and you know, with the exception of mom who kind of had a little bit growing up, uh, none of us, none of us had done anything with farming before. Mm. So we were just kind of learning it from the ground up. But, you know, part of that was chopping wood and milking a cow and things like that. But, um, and I, I, I think I attribute a little bit of that lifestyle in a sense to us becoming people of more of a philosophical mindset, because Mm. there was a lot of time of silence Mm. to just do things and then reflect while you're doing them and having gone to a Benedictine seminary where the, you know, aura et labora is the modus operandi for the day, pray and work and not just looking at those as separate things, but as looking at they, they, that they mutually illuminate each other and that the prayer is something that not only happens on the side of work, but happens even in the midst of work and how the weary work itself becomes a prayer. So for chopping wood, it was obviously a thing we did as kids Mm -hmm. because we had a wood burning stove. Yeah. But when I got to seminary, I was uh, I was very pleased to find that they actually had a specific ministry. Yeah. Where uh, because we lived at we uh, the seminary is located out in the middle of nowhere, basically just acres and acres of fields and uh, and woodlands, and basically what we would do is, as seminarians we would go out and gather wood, uh, gather like trees that had fallen down in in the uh, in the woodlands that were owned by the monks. We would bring it back to the seminary and then we would organize these chop days mm-hmm. you know, on Saturday mornings uh, and all the seminarians, not all the seminarians, but you know, good 20 or 30, depending on uh, any given weekend would come out and we would just chop wood, mm-hmm. you know, and we would chop that wood specifically. So then we could deliver that to people in the area who still needed to heat their homes. Cause it was a very impoverished um, area in some ways. What was so neat about it, there were just so many different holistic things that yeah. we all experienced. One was just the camaraderie. I mean, I just, I never quite experienced just 
the beauty of that brotherhood of us just working with our hands. Yes. It was not mm-hmm. always fun. You know, right. it was not always enjoyable kind of from the comfort, comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. sense of the word, but we always enjoyed it, you know, and we always got into great conversations. We always bonded over the prayer together. But it was also just, you can feel how holistic it is for your soul in the way that is holistic for your body. Because uh, at seminary, most seminaries are like this, where you live, you eat, and you study in the same building. Yeah. And there were weeks that went by where we wouldn't leave the building. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have a, ne- a necessary reason to leave the building. So right. you needed an excuse to kind of get outside and to do things. And... On Saturday mornings, most of us are getting a little bit of cabin fever, you know, and we're kind of pent up. We have just just all this stuff going on. And so to get outside and just to swing an axe, you can feel like the anxiety leave your body. You know, you can just feel so different after that, that we uh, we just loved it. And so I did that for all all six years of seminary, basically. Yeah. And when I got to the, when I got to the parish, I knew like, man, I I hope I find some people that just <laughs> need some wood chopped at any given, you know. So there, there's been a few times where I've gone over to people's houses for dinner, and I've and they they've had land and everything. And I say, you don't, you don't, um, you know, burn wood or anything, do you? Just kind of just just looking for some wood to chop, and yeah. they're all they're all a little bit weirded out by it. But first, but most of them kind of get on board once I explain. So father really likes father the axes. Really I, father really likes sharp axes. things. Yeah. I don't know. How you know, it's a great example. Again, the, the whole the whole example. So not just like so. If you think about the whole scenario of chopping wood with a bunch of guys, you know, with like doing manual labor together, it does. If, if you examine an example like that, you, you begin to recognize lots of aspects of it. You know, one that you make uh, me think of is uh, so that ministry of of doing something physical to produce something physical to give mm-hmm. to someone else. Like that's a really unique piece of this too. Mm-hmm. It makes me think, you know, we've talked before here about like the, uh, the meal train ministry to moms, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you, you do in town, Teresa, you know, where uh, people, you know, they, they sign up to make meals for moms who just had children. Mm-hmm. But what we loved about that is that we just, we recognize that in our modern world, increasingly we become like keyboard activists. Like, you know, we share memes on Facebook, whatever, or, or maybe we give digitally to causes, but we don't really have, we increasingly don't, find or take advantage of opportunities to to do physical things for other people and there's something really special about that both for the person receiving it as well as for the person who's given the opportunity to do it to make a meal for somebody it's just huge yeah we had a a priest over last night and as i was like making all the food and thinking about all the food there was like this moment of like geez i hope he doesn't think i'm a housewife that like all i do is like make all this food and then i was like i was like it was almost like get behind me satan Every one of these little meal, like pieces of the meal, I picked out specifically and I put together a recipe and this is like, I'm so happy about, like, it it was just this joyful moment. You know, I was thinking about when we went and drove and got the half a cow, you know, Mm. me and my son. And like, this is the last steaks from the cow we just got, you know, and we went to the farmer's market and I bought the nuts the butternut squash from the specific guy. And he told me how he grew them. And I was just like, this is the most beautiful thing. The most beautiful thing I can do with my time right now is to serve this meal to these other people. Mm-hmm. And that relates back to, you know, a lot of conversations we've had, and I'm sure that you've talked about either on this show or elsewhere mm-hmm. about, um, about the importance of, of being in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of, of focusing on, 
in in prayer and you know kind of a meditative sense on just the goodness of what you're doing right now not as just yeah. a means to something else not as just like okay well i got to get the meal done so that i can you know move on to other more important things or right. got got to go out and chop wood just so that we can you know kind of heat a home or something but the work itself becomes um, becomes a thing you know the yeah. work itself becomes not necessarily like a, you know just an end in itself or anything like that, but just it becomes a process by which the more that you're just in tune with what you're doing in the moment, the more it becomes a prayer. You yeah. know, the more that it becomes an offering of your body. Yeah. In in conjunction with the physical things that God has made us, where you you know we we were going to talk about this, that so we're probably going to talk about it, about the, being a co-creator. You know. Yeah. Um, where we're we're taking what God has provided for us, and then we are uh, using our God-given talents to work together with that to to make something better with the world. Uh, one of the things I was yeah. going to mention is uh, you've talked to you mentioned uh, that I do a little bit of woodworking and stuff, but I'm not going to talk about that specifically right now. But one of the cool things about chopping wood that I really like is yeah. that um, there's this natural give and take with, mm-hmm. with how you kind of quote unquote attack the wood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just a matter of me sort of overpowering, you know, everything in the wood to get it to split open everything. But I, I do that would do this all the time when I teach new guys who had never been out in the wood you know, woods before, you know, never chopped wood or anything. I would go and I would show them. You can see how there's this natural crack right here, you know, on the top of this log. And if you use that seam line and try to, you know, use your, your maul to split on that seam line and kind yeah. of avoid this knot over here and everything, it, it's essentially you're looking at what God has already created and you're like, how do I work mm-hmm. with this rather than kind of against it? And there's a kind of a beauty in that and the yeah. co-creation that goes on there. I love that. Yeah. So I, it reminds me of a Chesterton quote that I can only paraphrase here, but you know, like the special glory of God is unlimited creation. Mm. The special glory of man is limited creation. Mm. It's this co-create. It's working not again. We can't create ex nihilo. We always have to start with something that God's made and recognize its nature, its form, its particular qualities, like the wood, the kind of we're using and work with God, you know, who created that thing. We're always working with God when we do something like that. I also love that you're getting the point you made about um, the mindfulness, we might mm-hmm. say, aspect of, of working with your hands. You know, like we, we live in very busy, anxious, noisy lives, and it's, it's often difficult for us to, to come back down and be in the moment. But when you, you know, if you, if you, if you look into that kind of thing, you know, you look at you're trying to train yourself to be more mindful in the present. A lot of times it comes down to like, you know, coming, well, I mean, think of that old phrase, coming to your senses. Mm-hmm to come to your senses. Yeah. Well, that's what, like when you recognize that, Oh, I'm, I'm in a daydream or I'm in an anxiety about the future coming back to my senses, um, is, is one of the ways that I, I, I come to the present. I recognize the presence of God. I, I, I pay attention to what's really here, what I'm really doing. Well, that's so much easier when I'm doing something physical. It's easier to stay, you know, disconnected from where I am and who I'm with and what's going on when I'm doing something purely mental mm-hmm. or purely digital, you know, scrolling on my phone. When I come back to, no, the actual wood, the actual, you know, hammer or nail or mm-hmm. axe or whatever, you know. Yeah, the, exactly what the, but the axes, you know, there's, all of the senses are engaged in that. Yeah. And, and, you know, every time we would go down to that wood lot, we would call, you know, with all the wood and everything, you immediately smell the sawdust. And, you know, you hear the guys pick up the axe and start swinging them, that, that familiar kind of chunk of yeah. the, the axe being swung and the laughter and everything and the feeling of the wood, like when you pick it up and everything, it's just that, 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 uh, that sensory touch and everything. And mm. even some, even sometimes you can almost taste it in your mouth. You know I mean? It's like, <laughs> there's just all of it. Um, and it becomes in that sense, it almost becomes a liturgy insofar as liturgy mm-hmm. kind of mimics 
you know, those, those processes in normal life where we become fully hu- human as a human being fully immersed in yeah. the work that is going on. And liturgy, of course, means the work, yeah. the, the work, of the, it means the work of the people, but it's the work of God and work of the people. And you can see how the church in its wisdom, you know, throughout the ages imitates that because, you know, at a kind of a higher liturgy, one might say we have at the incense swinging back and forth and all in the sounds, the bells, the smells and the bells that they always call it. <laughs> but all these things, what they done, what they do is that when you've experienced it over and over again, over time, what it does is it immediately brings you to the moment, to yeah. what is supposed to happen in this moment. Yeah. Um, and, and as much as you are aware of your senses in that moment, the more that those kind of connections all bring you right back, your mind, your soul, everything right back to exactly what is supposed to be happening. Oh, I love that. You know, and so Teresa, you mentioned at the beginning, again, this familiar theme that we talk a lot about here in this show and actually on, on Awaken Catholic in general, you know, this, the, the disintegration that as Catholics we're always kind of fighting against, you know, that ancient heresy of, of thinking, you know, spirit, good body, bad, you know, that somehow God, like we're just spirits kind of navigating around bodies, but, but that our real life is the spiritual life. Mm. No, God made us human beings. You know, it actually, it occurred to me today, Peter, I didn't think of this when we first I thought about having you on for this topic, but to me, especially given what you were saying about the liturgy, the nature of our, of our liturgical faith, the significance of having a priest talk about the significance of manual labor because the body of the priest matters, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how have you come to see that significance sure. uh, in terms of your well, own? It's, it's funny that the word you use is, is handiwork, right? Yeah, yeah. Because immediately when you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the first thing I thought was of, of taking the host in my hands, Yeah, you know, and speaking the words of Christ to consecrate it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's the ultimate handiwork, you yeah. know? And yeah. um, there's, we see throughout the liturgy, you know, just the examples of how it's not just this spiritual thing. If it was, then I, you know, I would walk in or I would start in the chair and I would just sit there and I would talk the whole thing from there. Right. I wouldn't do anything with my hands, you know, right. I wouldn't have any of these gestures. And he was taking of the bread, taking of the chalice and all these things. And of course, the ultimate aspect of that, of a receiving of the Eucharist ourselves, of yeah. eating the body and blood of Christ. It's not just sort of this ethereal kind of out there you know, uh, spiritual thing, right. but, but God, it's, it's accessed and fully enveloped in the actions of our bodies. Yeah. You know, and that's true of all the sacraments, right? Yeah. I mean, like if there's no body, mm. then there is no sacraments, yeah. you know, Christ came and he took on our human nature. So he, you know, was, the, was a human a spirit and body together. And he, he lived that he walked that he, he exemplified it. And then he gave us a sacramental church where, Again, if there's no body, if the body doesn't matter, well, the, all of our all of our sacraments involve mm-hmm. the body. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's the 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 means by which God has created us. That is the way that God has created us is yeah. as body and soul, and it's life is not a mean way of a, you know, life is not a process of trying to escape that. Our right. spiritual lives aren't a process of trying to escape that. But right. This is sort of a side thing, but <laughs> it it just reminded me of because I was thinking about it on the way here with the Eucharist. It's how. Um, you know, I, I love distributing the Eucharist. I really yeah. do to everyone. But there's something I always kind of embroiled in the special reflection. Whenever someone comes up and they 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 make of their hands a throne, as Saint Clement says, "Make of my hands a throne to receive the bread of heaven," and they're all calloused up, whether it's a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just they're they're hard as rock and everything. And all I can think about is what stories are held in those hands, how much how much life is held in those hands. 
you know, with all the things that they've done and all they worked, and now they come forward to receive Jesus Christ in them. And it's like there's no, in a sense, there's no more perfect throne than that testament to a life fully lived, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, what an amazing reflection. <laughs> you know, it, it reminds me, a number of these topics that we've, we've brought up, you know, come together in a funny anecdote from last summer. You were out helping us build a a giant playset for our kids. Oh boy. That and then we, we worked on all day, all night, you know, and we, we, we probably worked past the point of prudence at one point mm. and got out the pocket knife and long story short, like we almost cut off one of your, like one of <laughs> you, my canonical digits. Yeah. One of your canonical say. digits, as they say, <laughs> you yeah. know, but uh, the, Lucy thought it was great though. <laughs> she, thought, she was pretty she impressed. Was awesome. You yeah. know, <laughs> but you know, that whole event too, again, this, the, you know, working on a big project together with a bunch of guys, the physical aspect of it, also the gift aspect of it, you know, like again, mm-hmm. that, that was a, a community event where a lot of guys were able to come and do something physical, mm-hmm. you know? And so again, this, the sacramental nature of the church, I love how um, we recognize the big S sacraments in the church, mm-hmm. but that sacramental worldview then should permeate everything else. We recognize that everything can be this little S sacramental you know, encounter with God, encounter with his creation. And that's, again, why the overall topic for this particular show today is that there's something special in general about, you know, intentionally using our bodies to create, to co-create with God, to make a gift, to make a meal. Um, there's just something special about that. And, and we, we're increasingly losing it, mm-hmm. I think, in the modern world. Okay. Yeah, you know, and um, you bring up the idea of the sacramentals. Uh, the, their connection to the sacraments because all yeah. the sacramentals flow from and kind of re, re, uh, return back to the sacraments. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to talk about to try to help people understand is how much our daily lives uh, are, in a sense, the meat of what we bring to the mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to draw like this line, you know, this line between things. This is the church clearly envisions it too. So when we begin the offertory, right, what, what happens? The people, representatives of the people bring forth the bread and the wine, not during COVID times, but you know, right. the, the, the perfection of that symbol is mm-hmm. the people bringing forth the, the bread and the wine. And that's, that's a representative of the offering yeah. that they bring to the altar. Um, one where there was a saint who had a vision during mass who who saw the uh, saw each person's guardian angel coming forth with a bull, and in that bull was the work of their lives, mm. all the things that they do, all their entire lives, and they brought it forth with the offertory to the altar. Then after that, what does the priest say? Right when there's no music going on during that time, he said, he would say, "Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth, work of human hands." will become for us the bread of life. And then along with that bread, transformed into Christ, our work is transformed. Our work is perfected. And then when it is raised to Christ, you know, in the epiclesis, raised to Christ in the doxology, we all give our amen to it. This is the process by which we make of our whole lives the sacramental, you know. All the work that we do, even, you know, even, even the the people working in the uh, any sort of job. I love watching watching that show, Dirty Jobs, because it's just these people <laughs> who are underappreciated. But even you know, even the most disgusting work, quote unquote, yeah. um, it can be made an offering to God, and that's what's beautiful about it. It's made mm. a sacramental because it is work that is transformed by the prayer of the liturgy. Yeah, you know, we um, we had the blessing during. Um, it wasn't during the lockdown, like not during the part where you couldn't leave your house. <laughs> oh yeah, um, that part. 
But it was during the part afterwards where you could. Yeah, he was with us. Quarantined together. Yeah, yeah. The same property. Um, But where people still kind of weren't bringing their families back to church. Mm -hmm. And our associate pastor began offering, you know, like, we'll have mass in your yard where people can gather outside, which is how they're supposed to gather in numbers, you know, and invite the Catholics in your geographical area, you know, to come to mass. And I was like, okay, we'll just, we'll pick a date. What date are you free? And it ended up being, the date ended up being our 10th anniversary Hmm. and the feast of the sacred heart, which we have, we have consecrated our, we've enthroned the sacred heart of Jesus in our home since the first year of our marriage. And so you know, he was like, well, just set up a table with a tablecloth on it, you know, and, and as I was, as I was going to set up the table out in our backyard in our beautiful property that I love so much out by my garden that I work so hard on, you know, and we're bringing all the, the tablecloths. And then I'm like, what can we bring from our house? We brought out the sacred heart picture. And then I was like, oh, it would be so nice to have some flowers, but there are no Mm -hmm. flower shops open, you know, and it's, you know, not time for flowers, Mm -hmm. but then your mom came over from her property where she was. (laughs) Um, and she, she's like, here's here. Like they were dead and dying roses. (laughs) And she's like, Oh, I thought maybe the girls would just like to pick the rose petals off of this. And I was like, Oh, so I had the girls like pick all the, my, my children Mm -hmm. picked the rose petals off of these dead roses that your mom brought over. We put them in a bucket and then we sprinkled the rose petals leading up to the altar where the priest was going to walk over and they're like, they're blood red, you know, feast of the sacred heart. And here comes all my relatives and all my, my friends and some of our neighbors came out um, in the backyard and everybody's like, we've got pregnant women, we've got babies, like brand new babies and like all these little boys, like probably (laughs) from four to to nine, just like lined up serving. And it was in, on our property, in our backyard, on our anniversary. And it was just the most incredible gift. It was like the gift of my entire sacrament, my entire vocation at that moment. And all of it just came together. Like God made a perfect offering of my life on that day in that moment. Yeah. Theologically that is a beautiful thing because it anticipates the, the fullness of, of, uh, you know, the end times in the sense of, of, of the second coming of Christ where he will become all in all. And mm-hmm. right now his special presence, you know, lives in each church. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a special presence in each church, but we live in anticipation of the fact when the entire world where existence itself will become the all in all will mm-hmm. become, you know, will, Jesus Christ will have a special dwelling place with, with all of us, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the world and, and, and everywhere, all the mm-hmm. churches will be broken open and, and creation itself will become his special temple, mm-hmm. you know? And, and every time we have mass outside in those rare occasions, it's just a little anticipation of that. Yeah. This was beautiful. So. Oh, I love it. Well, golly, we could talk so much more about this, but I know that uh, we, we got to move on because uh, I know you got to do stuff today, but Man, what, what, uh, we, we thank you for your vocation, brother. You know, it's been an interesting year for our family. You know, this mm-hmm. is a long, long years of discernment and, and coming together in your ordination. You know, it's been such a, a blessed year. And uh, this topic, again, it's so special to us precisely because you know, we've experienced so many of these realities in our family this past year, you know, um, in your ordination and the sacraments that we, that we've been able to, to share and receive from your hands. And so, um, yeah. Glory to God. I mean, yeah. All glory to God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was fun. 
And thank you for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. Uh, again, uh, if you like what we're doing here on this channel, uh, please go to awakencatholic.org and consider joining the Awaken Nation. You know, if you can make a one-time recurring donation, we appreciate your support bringing truth to your beauty. Also download that Hallow app at hallow.app slash awaken and get the free premium subscription which supports the ministry. And we hope you'll join us again next week for more conversations about this ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty uh, here on Elevate Ordinary. God bless. We'll see you next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.